evening and the morning, and he called the morning and the evening as it passed the time of each cycle, he called it a day. He spoke light into existence, and it dispelled darkness that filled the empty vast space of eternity. He carved out a little segment of time, and he called that uh, time, or that eternity time. And then he began to fill in all of this world that we know today called creation. And it looked at all that he had done and the Bible said and he said it was good. Then came the dreadful day when Adam disobeyed God. And suddenly everything in God's creation was no longer good. It became dark, entered, darkness entered into the world. And for that moment, when Adam sinned against God, all of humanity was eternally doomed, spiritually blinded, or blindness, and perpetual darkness came upon them, and separation from light of God came into their soul. For that day and forevermore, every child born into the world has been born into spiritual darkness with a heart that has a sinful nature. If you, don't, uh, if you doubt that, just listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 15. He said, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it from him. And who is called a fool in the word of God? Psalms chapter 14 and verses 1 through three, uh, 3, it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. They are uh, not doing that which is good. And the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men and sees that, that they did not understand and they did not seek God. And because of that, they ab was abiding in darkness instead of light. They're all going astray and all together become filthy, the Bible says, and do not good. And from this you can see that, uh, that everyone that is born a fool, born in spiritual darkness, destined to wander through life blinded and without the truth, without the knowledge of God and without the hope of God. But God, in his great love and infinite mercy, decided to reach out unto us and extend his grace and his forgiveness and his light and his love to all men. And that when we decide of our own free will to seek after him and choose to accept him as our Savior and our Lord, eternal darkness is gone and the ray of his light and his love begins to shine on the inside of us. So you see, into this gross spiritual darkness, into this engulfed the hearts of men, God sent his light once again into the earth so that you and I could be the light of the world. Amen. But this time he did not come in creation. He came into this uh, great universe and he, he began to speak and things began to come into place. He, 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 was, he was the sight and sound show. Everybody knew that God was up to something when he came into the earth the first time because he took chaos and made the cosmos. He took the black space of nothingness and created with the anvil of his grace everything that we see and understand. And the light came into the world during the, when he spoke it and said, let there be light. Nobody could doubt the creation of heaven. Nobody could doubt the creation of the earth or the universe. But this time the light came quietly. It came peacefully. Almost so quiet and peaceful that it was unnoticed. The light came in a lonely manger. It came in a little town called Bethlehem, Judah. 
It was in that manger that a newborn baby lay, born of a virgin, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of woman, but not the Son of Man. He was the very Son of God. His name is called Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. John chapter 1 verse 9 The Bible begins to declare that that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh to the world, into the world. He was the light in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. And he became unto his own and his own received him not. But as as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor or the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The character, the power, the majesty of Jesus are given unto us in these glowing terms through the prophet Isaiah, who along with many other prophets throughout history would tell us of the birth and of that Jesus and the light of the world would come. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, he said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The lights of Christmas that we see on the trees in our homes shine so brightly in the darkness, and it's a beautiful sight to behold. But it, uh, it must, just must seem to create a sense of magic and wonder that doesn't exist in the rest of the world. You think about it and you think about what you want the world to look like and what it looks like. And, and you think about this tree that in the midst of darkness, it's dancing, it's glowing, it is bright, it is beautiful. With the natural eye, we can see these lights that bring a little bit of joy and a little bit of pleasure into our life as we look upon them. But the true light, the light that shines down in your heart, illuminates your soul and your spirit. It is far more beautiful than the light of anything that you'll find on a tree or on a house. The lights on the Christmas tree can penetrate into your eyes and be a reflection upon your brain. And the sensations that it brings, it brings you pleasure, it brings you joy, it brings you happiness for a moment. But that true light, that light of Jesus Christ, that he is, that brings to all mankind, penetrates beyond your eyes and into your heart and reflects the very soul that shines out of darkness into his marvelous light that transforms us from the fool, from the sinful nature to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that has now changed our life and illuminates us from the inside out. If you've experienced that in your life, would you give him praise here this morning? Jesus is called many things throughout the scripture, but one of his names that he has been given is wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. His grace is wonderful. His love is wonderful. His mercy is wonderful. Everything about him is wonderful. That's the reason his name is wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. It's not just his character, but his very name is wonderful. For there is no other name whereby men can be saved. Amen. It saves our soul. Not only is he called wonderful, but he is also called the counselor. You know, the Bible says that there's 
wisdom in numbers. There's counsel in numbers. In other words, that you, you, you shouldn't just rely on your own self. You shouldn't just rely on just one individual or one person. You shouldn't rely on the internet to be your counselor. Come on, somebody. But there's the, in numbers, there is wisdom. There is counsel. There are great counselors. There's, there's, there's spiritual counselors that, that have a biblical principle and understanding. I, I'm not too much into all this stuff of looking into your past and all of that, you know, and they didn't change your diaper in time and, and uh, you know, and you didn't get the Twinkie when they thought you should have you should, had it and all that and it's jacked up your life. I ain't into all of that. I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the only one that can go into your past, bring it into your present, and change your future. Come on, somebody. But, amen. But we do have counsel, and it's all right. It's wonderful to have somebody you can talk to in the flesh. Is that right? Somebody that can talk to you spiritually and, and give you wisdom spiritually and somebody who has walked the path before you uh, in a way that can give you wisdom and direction for where you're going. But there is, there is and that's all wonderful and good, but there, there, there is only one wonderful counselor. And that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus has all of the answers that we seek. I said all of the answers. We look at the present because that's all we know is the past and the present. But he stands in his position of authority and looks at the past, present, and future all at the same time. And so we think we know what we need for our future and it could even be, bring destruction to us. But God in his infinite wisdom Putting Jesus as the counselor of our soul knows exactly what we need for our future because he knows our future. And so he's the only one who has real solutions or answers to our problem. And Jesus' name is counselor. He always stands ready to lift you up, to encourage, and to give you wisdom and direction. Later on, Jesus grew up and began his earthly ministry. And the very first thing that he did was establish his purpose for being born into the world. In Luke chapter 4, chapter four and verse 18 starting, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many know there's broken-hearted people today? I, I may not have a prophetic word for you today, may not for this house, I may not have one individually for you, but there's one thing I can promise you in this gathering here this morning. There are broken-hearted people in this place. No matter if there's a hundred thousand or two gathered, the chances of there being a broken hearted person is very high. Because of the life that we live, because of things that we go through. And Jesus said, my ministry is to come and to heal the broken hearted and preach deliverance to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. And then he said, I'm going to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. They gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all of them were upon him in the synagogue and were fashioned upon him. And they began to say to them, this day the scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. Jesus could claim to be wonderful. And so few would see the wonder in him. He could claim to be counselor, and yet not many go to him for counsel. But he made another claim that many have forgotten about. He said his name is Mighty God and Everlasting Father. He claims he came into the world as the Son of God, and he exists in past, 
present, and future. And he is an almighty God. He came from almighty God and he is almighty God, the one eternal with everlasting father. It is his claim that he is eternal, he is everlasting, he is the almighty God that men would not and still do not accept as being almighty. We'll, claim, we'll say that he's wonderful. We'll say that he's a counselor. But this almighty is just a little too much. Going too far. Taking it over the top. But I want you to know today that Jesus is the true light of the world. He is the almighty God. There is none beside him. He is El Elyon, the most high God. Amen. That he is the almighty one that sits in heaven and, and listens in the earth and declares the goodness of the Lord among us. He is almighty. Amen. You see, Jesus, he is the light of the world. He is the light that comes to shine in the blackness of the sin that holds the hearts of men in a stranglehold of death and tries to destroy every man and woman, boy and girl that comes into the earth. Sin is born into the hearts of every man and every and man. When I say man, I'm talking about mankind, all of humanity. And it is the anchor, the chain that is firmly gripped into their hearts to bring them into an eternal death where they will not accept Jesus as the almighty God. But the light came on that first Christmas morning. He came to give us an escape. An escape from the chains of darkness. Escape from sin. Jesus came to give us life. He shed his own blood on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could have a way to salvation, the way that would bring us peace, the way that would bring us life, the way that would bring us the light of the word of God. But the light didn't stop with Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world as long as I am in the world, but I will depart. And he said, then you will be the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, he said this, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Nor does anyone uh, put a light on a lamp stand and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Amen. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is that light. That's pretty clear throughout Scripture, is it not? John chapter 8 and verse 12, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John chapter 12 and verse 35, he said, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk in the light that you have the light so that the darkness will not overtake you. And he who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. Right? And while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become the sons of light. I think I said this last week, the reason why that it's hard for us to believe this, number one, is because it is such a great, great uh, joy to be able to be called the sons, the daughters. Sons, and when you, you get, get that, you don't get caught up on gender because he's not talking about gender. He's talking about relationship. And so we are in relationship with him. And as we are relationship with him, then he said, as long as I'm here, I'm going to be the light. But whenever I leave, guess what? You the light. 
And the reason why that the world is so dark is not because the people are so wicked. It's because we're not taking the responsibility of being the light. Because you see, darkness has no authority over light. Light always has authority over darkness. And so if the room is dark, it's because nobody's turned on the light. Let me try it this way. The reason why that our world, the reason why that America is so dark is because we have not listened and accepted and received our, our, our honor, but also our responsibility that now that Jesus is gone, David, you're the light. Patty, you're the light. Huh? I'm the light. Oh, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Well, I did. You know why I did? Because Jesus said I was. He said you were. Come on. If you are saved, if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, you are the light of the world. He tells them that you are the light of the world. He doesn't tell them you should be the light. He doesn't tell them, now you need to get a little brighter. He says, you're the sons of light. You're the light of the world. Amen. Now, whenever you, are, you have light and you are the light of the world, you don't go around saying, I, I, I've got to try to be brighter. I got to try to be light. I, 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 I'm just, I got to get this right. I got to get it right. I got to, I got to be the light. I, I got to make it. Whenever I wake up in the morning, I don't think to myself, I, I've got to be Matthews. Huh? People tell me all the time, you look just like your dad. They tell me you walk like your dad. Every once in a while, I catch myself doing things my dad did. Every once in a while, I'll rub my knee like he did, or I'll rub my hand like he did. I say, oh my goodness, I'm doing what dad was, used to do. I don't think about that, Brother Gary. I'm a Matthews. I do it. I'm my father's child. And Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the sons of light. In other words, he said, you ain't trying to be anything you're not. You don't have to try to work it up. or con All you got to do is let the light shine through your life. And you're going to illuminate the darkness. The darkness is going to have to go. Of course, believers have no light of our own. But we, like the moon, is a reflection of the sun. We are a reflection of Christ. Amen? Amen? Let me try it like this. He said that, that, that men, that we would let our light so shine before men that they would see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I'm still in the book today. Amen? We let that light so shine that people look around and say, my, 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 you're blessed. It's wonderful. It, 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 you, you light up the room. There's a shine. There's a radiance. There's a light about you. There's a goodness about you. There's, there's just something they may not even know what to call it, but they know that you're different. Why? Because you are the light of the world. The light of Christ is radiating in your life. And if, it is, if we are not breaking darkness, if we are not changing the room, if we're not changing our society, then we're not doing what we've been called to do. You're not trying to be light. You are light. And the reality is that the world loves the darkness. Just like a cockroach loves darkness. Have you ever turned on 
I know y'all got clean, you know, but maybe you'd stayed in a hotel one night. And you turned on the light and freaked out the cockroaches. They didn't know which way to run or where to go, where to hide, <laughs> because the light messed them up. Amen. <laughs> there you go. Now, of course, I'm not comparing people to cockroaches. Well, maybe the Pharisees. <laughs> but the truth, <laughs> I don't know where all that come from. But the truth is that light, when light is turned on, it causes chaos in the realm of darkness. Jesus says in John chapter 3 in verse 19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and the men love the darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. It's the reason why people hide from you when you come. It's the reason why it isn't the same. People tell me it's not just the same since I started going to church, since my life has been changed. It, 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 they just don't want me to come to the family gatherings. It's just not the same. Well, it's not the same because you're light. And whenever you're the light, it exposes humanity. It exposes sinful nature. Light exposes it. it. You don't have to try to go looking for it. It just exposes it. Right? Well, you're, you, you're judging me. No, I don't have to judge you. I just let the light shine. Amen? And in the light shining, it exposes the darkness. And whenever it is exposed, you have to respond in one way or the other. You either, you either embrace it or you run from it. Most of the time Jesus when he was here on the earth. Most of the time they would run from it. But there was a few people like Nathaniel. That Jesus went to and told him he said I seen you while you was underneath the tree. Nathaniel didn't run from it. He said you're the Christ. You're the son of God. He went to the woman at the well who had had a terrible past. You know the story. And he goes to her and he doesn't condemn her. He just brings the light. And he says that I see your past. You've had five husbands. The one you're living with isn't your husband. And she didn't run from it. She embraced the light. And became the first evangelist to her city. Zacchaeus knew that there was something different about Jesus. Until Jesus had set up before time for Zacchaeus a meeting with, with uh, God. Had set up for Zacchaeus a meeting with Jesus beforehand. And I want you to understand that all of us have a Paga moment. We have a we have an appointment with God on purpose. And then it's just up to us what we do with that Paga moment. Zacchaeus on his that moment, the Bible said that he was a, you know, remember that song we used to sing? He was a wee little man. And a, there you go. So what did he do? Climbed up the sycamore tree. Huh? So he could see Jesus, right? Let me blow your mind. How long ago did that tree have to be planted so that little Zacchaeus could get up in it to see Jesus at the exact time? You see, God appointed it. He, he planted the tree so that Zacchaeus could get up in it and respond to the light that was in his life and begin to accept Christ as his Savior. Amen. But you see, today what we have to understand is that not everybody responds that way. 
But Jesus constantly exposed the Pharisees. He constantly shine, shone a light that exposed their hearts for the, for the religious spirit and for their religious ways. But yet they were wicked in their hearts. And he never had a problem with the sinner. He had a problem with the religious people of the day. And he said, I'm going to shine forth this light into and expose the heart. Not so that you can be uh, embarrassed or that you can be this. He, he did it for the mere purpose of them getting their hearts right. So that they too could be a light in the midst of darkness. Amen. The Pharisees were desperately afraid of the crowds and they did not want to act against Jesus, but they wanted to. <laughs> they wanted to put this light out. They wanted to, this light to stop shining in the darkness because it was exposing them. But they had to do one of two things. They could, they could run and hide from him or they could embrace him. And we, we, they got put into this corner and they had to decide whether they were going to fight against him or they were going to fight with him. And there comes a time in all of our lives when we have to decide, are we going to embrace the light or are we going to fight the light? Amen. Are we going to embrace the light or are we going to fight the light? Are we going to be a part of the light or are we going to fight the light? I'm telling you, my friend, that fighting the light is a, it is a lost cause. You cannot put out the light, neither can you fight against God. Hallelujah. He's going to win 100% of the time. His ways are much higher than our ways. His thoughts than our thoughts. Even as the heavens are high above the earth, yet is his ways much greater than ours. And so we need to know today that we are standing in the light and we are the light in this world. Amen. Now how does sin work? Sin thrives in darkness. Just like bacteria and mushrooms. Just like bacteria needs water to survive, sin needs darkness to grow. But the light, the Bible says it like this. He said that they were chained into outer darkness. A lot of times when we think of that, I don't know what you think of whenever you see that, but you, you, I think of a, a dog that is on a chain that can only go so far. But the reality of it is, is they're limited in darkness. They can only work in darkness. And wherever we have not allowed the light of glory to come into our life, where we have not allowed his light to shine in our hearts, that's the only place the enemy can work in us. And so we have to give him our hearts, surrender totally and completely to his light so that, that, that Jesus said that whenever that, that there was no wickedness found in him, none of darkness, because he was the son of light. The question we must ask here today is, are we reflecting the light of Christ to the world around us? Are we being that light? Unbelievers should feel a, a sense of uncomfortableness around you not because you're high and mighty, not because you're religious, but because of the light that is in you shining in the darkness. You shouldn't be obnoxious. You shouldn't be angry. The fact of the matter is the world that God has placed us in, he has placed us here to be the light, to be the witness And we have to dispel the light. How do we dispel that light? We allow it to shine wherever we go. The light isn't just for Sunday morning. 
And you don't have the right to compartmentalize your life when it comes to God. You surrender to him totally, to his lordship. And he is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And we surrender it to him and he becomes the, the ref light inside of us and we reflect that light to a lost and dying world so that they can find hope. How many know this world is hopeless? You don't have to be spiritual to realize that this nation is in a mess. Our world is compromised and in chaos and they need some light. They need some hope. They need some hope to overcome all of the things that have been imposed upon us, especially in this year. A year filled with fear and anxiety. People need the light. In a time whenever it seemingly truth is falling in the street and sin is abounding and the love of many have waxed cold, we need the light. And Jesus isn't coming back to be the light. He's already done all he's going to do. Now it's up to me and you. We've got to be the light in this world. Not so men can see us. Yes, you know, I, I know people work through it. They've processed it. And in the old church, they used to say, don't look at me. But that ain't what in the New Testament, that's not what. The disciples said, huh? They said, look on us. Silver and gold we don't have, but we got a light. <laughs> We've got what you need. We got to become that confident in our relationship with Christ that we say, we may not have what you think you need, but we've got what you need. And we've got the light of the world. We've got the hope of glory. We've got the Prince of Peace. We've got a wonderful counselor. We've got a mighty God. We've got an everlasting Father. And we've got the Prince of Peace. We've got the Prince of Peace. So let the storm clouds rise. They don't worry me. For I'm sheltered. In the arms of my God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father I love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are a lamp unto our feet. And a light unto our path. The word of God. I thank you today Jesus. That you came to be the light. And started that blaze in the earth. And now you have handed it to man. And said those who are called by your name are now the sons of light. I thank you today, God, for that relationship that has brought the light. And I pray this morning, God, that as we go, that we'll not put our light under a bushel. That we'll not hide the flame. God, but we will surrender to you totally and completely to your lordship. And we will say yes to your call and your mandate upon our lives. To end the, not just the mandate, but the joy to be the light of the world. To be light into darkness. To bring hope into hopelessness. God, we give you praise and thanks for this today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today we want to, did everyone receive a candle when you came in today? If you hadn't received a candle, raise your hand. All right. I want us to stand together today. We're going to do this one at a time. I'm going to start out this light this morning. And uh, then we're going to have... 
the praise team to light their candles. And then uh, Pastor Renee is going to light hers. And then we're going to start over here on this side. And Michaela and then Michael. And y'all follow suit. Just turn them on one at a time to the end. And then we're going to come up here and come on this side. And then we're going to begin to come over one at a time. Okay? Everybody say one at a time. All right. Now, if I see you put it on prematurely, I'll come put your candle out. <laughs> Amen. But I just want us today to be the light. Can we be the light? Come on, let's say it together. I am the light of the world. If I am not the light, then the world is in darkness. Ponder on that today. Think about that today. Amen. All right. Hey team, can you can you cut the lights for me? Nobody's scared of the dark, right? All right.
raise them up now. the light. Yes. Amen. Yes. We are the light. I know somebody probably thinks, well, pastor, that's kind of silly. Taking one light and acting like you're lighting it off of the other. These are battery lights. But I wanted us to symbolically today do something that took unity to make it to happen. Because that's how we're going to change the world. That's how we're going to change our community. That's how we're going to change our region. Is when we're in unity. We're the light of the world. So we're the light in the night. We're the light in the darkness. And one of us can bring light. But all of us can light up the room. Amen. We're the light. We're the light. We are the light. Amen. Praise God. Father, I love you today. I thank you for the privilege and the honor to be the light of the world. I pray, God, that you would help me in 2021 not to shun that responsibility. Not to be embarrassed, not to be ashamed, not to be humiliated, not to put my light under a bushel. But God, everywhere I go, let my light shine. That men will see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Make a change and a difference in their lives. We thank you. Jesus, you're the ultimate light. But you allow us to radiate your light. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. We're the light of the world. Amen. Praise God. So let's go shine forth our light in darkness. Show the light, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being in the house today. And remember, we'll be here next Sunday celebrating. Then... Uh, then we'll be going into our time of fasting and prayer on January the 10th. So just begin to focus on that. Prepare your hearts for it. And let's have a good time this year, okay? God bless you. We love